Her and EU, a European podcast on gender equality. Brought to you by the Martin Center with Loredana Teodorescu. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this new episode of Her and EU, a podcast on gender equality and women's role in the society. I am Loredana Teodorescu, research associate at the Martin Center for European Studies. I'm also the head of EU and International Affairs at Istituto Luigi Sturzo in Rome and the Secretary General of Women and International Security Italy, also known as WISE. Our special guest of today is Tubravka Schutza, Vice President of the Commission for Democracy and Demography, who is currently leading the Commission's work on the Conference on the Future of Europe. The Conference gives us a unique opportunity to reflect on the future of Europe and to engage citizens. But is it including women's voices and addressing gender equality? This is precisely what we are going to discuss today with Vice President Schutza. Vice President, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for inviting me. Let me start with your own personal experience as a female politician with an important career at local, national and European level. You started as first female mayor of Dubrovnik and one of the first ones in your country. Now you are part of the, let's say, the most gender balanced European Commission ever. So looking back, how uh, being a woman has affected your career? And do you feel that sometimes it has been an obstacle or maybe an advantage? Oh, it's very hard to answer this question. Sometimes it was uh, an obstacle, sometimes it was uh, an advantage. Uh, uh, I started my career in the 90s when uh, democracy knocked at the door of Croatia. So I uh, started being member of uh, HDZ, which is uh, the um, democratic party uh, which uh, ruled uh, Croatia for uh, many years. And uh, for me, it was uh, very important to be part of this, uh, of this period in 90s and little by little, uh, although I am teacher, <laughs> I started to be a politician. So. Uh, I grew up in a family with uh, two brothers uh, and I was uh, uh, the only girl in family and sometimes I sometimes I felt sometimes I felt left behind because uh, uh, my family is very conservative one but little by little uh, uh, I broke uh, this glass ceiling and now uh, I'm uh, I'm equal uh, not only as my brothers uh, are but I'm equal with all my uh, uh, man, with, with all my male uh, colleagues and I'm happy to be part of first ever uh, gender uh, gender um, balanced uh, college of commissioners and I think that the world would not would not be uh, just and right without having 50 percent of women in different uh, positions and this is my ultimate goal again. And related to what you have just said, I believe that including women as equal participants in the decision making that affects their lives and their community is not only a rights issue, but it's also an issue of good democracy and good governance. So why do you think that it's still so difficult to have women in politics? And how do you think that we could strengthen democracy in Europe, which means also uh, reinforcing uh, an equal participation and representation of women and men. Okay, I, I believe we have come a long way 
you know, as you and you mentioned, we have the first female president of European Commission. Uh, I already said this is the first completely gender balanced college in the Commission. And when we look at our cabinets, we see that there women are equally represented. Even there are in some cabinets, uh, uh, there are more women than men, which is the case in my cabinet. If I may refer to my own team with a woman as deputy head of cabinet and with well over half the policy posts occupied by women. We know that society has advanced, but still sees women as the primary carer for children. Some are judged for wanting a family and career. This should not happen. We need the political and enabling environment for women to rise uh, to leadership positions and change in culture and mentalities across uh, our societies. Our goal is uh, to achieve real gender equality where both women and men are professionally on equal footing based on merit and competency, of course. Across Europe, we see more and more women rising to senior posts, be it in the private or public sector, or being uh, even heads of states or prime ministers. This is encouraging, but the work has not been done yet. I think that the, the president for the liar, of course, plays an essential role uh, in ensuring that all commissioners work together to place gender equality at the center of Brussels' decision-making process. But how uh, this commission can really leave a lasting gender equality legacy? So what is the commission doing really to bridge the gap? And what do you think that you should probably do more in order to consolidate the progress achieved so far? First of all, let me tell you that this is the first commission uh, which has portfolio on equality, which is uh, Commissioner Helena Dali, who is in charge. So we still observe that senior management posts are male-dominated at large and that reconciling family and career still poses significant challenges, particularly to us women. Uh, we can look at the example of of pandemics and COVID, where women were on the front lines in many ways as care workers, often in the lower income scales, and at the same time caring the family and caring for children and also for older family members. And during the tight lockdown, women worked double and even triple shifts, homeschooling, uh, home day, day care, in addition to tending to the requirement at work. And this this is um, this is in addition to the this added to the pressure of women. So you uh, you have asked about strengthening the representative role of women. I would also address a relevant and important point here: the gender pay gap. Sixty years after the signature of the Treaty of Rome, which called for equality between the sexes, women still only earn 72% of their male colleague salary in the same position for the same work. Let's put the example from now on, from this, uh, from 10th of November till the end of the year, we will work without salary. This is to illustrate what I'm uh, talking. I hope that the equal pay directive we proposed earlier this year will bring about much needed change, adequate and accessible um, childcare, is also an important point and it can help young families enjoy both a family and professional life and encourage more women to enter the workforce and move towards the higher 
uh, echelons of leadership. To this extent, we are presenting a comprehensive care package next year, which will also cover early childhood education. This was announced by President von der Leyen during uh, this year's uh, speech of the Union. I believe we have come already a long way, but we are not yet where we want to be, where I would like us to be. But I remain very optimistic. This is really an important measure, uh, which brings me somehow to the conference on the future of Europe. So do you think that this conference could be also an opportunity uh, to integrate measures for women? Uh, so an opportunity to introduce measures to overcome challenges? And I'm asking this also because uh, gender equality is not really included in the nine topics or priorities identified within the conference, like migration, climate, EU in the world. So what does it mean? Uh, let me uh, reply immediately. It is included because all these randomly selected citizens uh, within the conference are 50-50, uh, 50% uh, men, 50% uh, women. So we, are, uh, we included this uh, precondition for the conference. So this conference is a unique occasion for citizens to make their, their voice uh, heard. We had opened um, up the first pan-European public space via the multilingual digital platform, where from mountains to islands, citizens can share their ideas for the future of Europe. And I'm convinced that this conference can be successful only if women take ownership and contribute fully. Now it's up to them. Uh, to organize different conferences on the ground, on local, regional, and national level. Uh, on the European level, there is 50-50. Through the conference, today, each and every woman uh, can uh, engage in a true European discussion on the issues that are most important for them. Cru crucially, the three European institutions committed together to follow up on what is agreed by the conference. And this means that there is a real possibility to stimulate change and this occasion shall not be missed. So gender balance, I said, has been our key concern since the beginning. And uh, of course, I told you I'm very proud that the last plenary meeting in October, bringing together citizens and other stakeholders with elected representatives at all levels was almost perfectly balanced with 48% uh, women, 1% non-binary and 51% men participating. And uh, of the, uh, out of nine plenary working groups, five are chaired by women. Since September, we launched, as I said, the European citizens panels. And here again, uh, as I already explained, gender balance was our first criteria. And these panels are very innovative uh, part of the conference. Uh, and the citizens are selected from 27 member states who are meeting in the weekends and who will present the citizens' recommendations for the future of Europe in the upcoming plenary December and January. And I strongly encourage you to follow these extraordinary assemblies online via streaming, where there is, of course, still work to do on the conference is multilingual digital platform. For us, it is very important point for all citizens. You can join these debates with other citizens in 27 member states. And this is 
uh, unfortunately, where women are still underrepresented. So there, there are only 30% of women there and 70% of men. So we have to correct this. It's not up to us, but to women themselves. We don't have the exact figures uh, as many events take place around Europe without registering how many women were present. But we do feel that additional efforts must be made to gather more ideas and to foster more participation from women. And this is why I'm particularly happy to be with you today. I want to make a call on all women's organizations, think tanks and networks to help us in bringing more and more women on board on the conference digital platform. So only together we can make a success of the conference and we can contribute to making our democracy fit for the future. Thank you so much also for this call. I think that the conference can really bring a change and therefore should be really seen as an opportunity by all citizens, men and women, of course. And uh, with that, let me conclude maybe with another personal question. You are today an inspiration for many girls and women. Uh, you are engaged uh, in women's issue also as vice president of the EPP Women since 2012. You have a powerful voice on the matter. So was there anybody who inspired you throughout your life? Hmm. Uh, first of all, I'm not sure that I'm inspiration for many girls and women today. It is true that I'm, uh, I uh, have been in different positions uh, at the local level, councillor, then I was mayor of Dubrovnik, then I was member of uh, Croatian parliament, that member of European parliament, now I'm in commission. In parallel, I, I have been uh, for 10 years uh, vice president of EPP Women, and I'm, uh, I was always trying to find this balance between uh, men and women. Uh, to answer precisely to your last question, who was someone who inspired me, of course, it's always uh, my mother who inspired me and who uh, showed me the path uh, in my life. But of course, there are also many other women who are engaged in different uh, uh, walks of uh, life uh, all over Europe, not only in politics, who can inspire all of us. Think that you play a role model for many women as you are somehow showing that uh, a political career is is possible and you can really uh, break the, the ceiling glass as you did uh, so thank you very much thank you very much for your time and for this interesting conversation and thanks to the martin center for making this podcast possible uh, thank you all for listening and we will be back soon with a new episode of her and you so stay tuned That was today's episode of Her and EU. Subscribe to our podcast for more.